0: You're listening to the premier podcast for men who want to not only be better with women, but want to be better men in general. This is the Come On Man podcast. And here's your host, Paul
1: Bauer. What's up everybody, welcome back to another week of Come On Man. If you haven't done so already, please like, fave, subscribe, hit those notifications. If you are listening on your favorite audio platform of choice, please give us a five-star review and actually write out why you like the show. All that kind of stuff helps boost us in the algorithms. You guys should know this by now. Um, I'm assuming you're listening every week. And if not, why not? It's it's free. Come on, guys. (laughs) Also, if you are watching on YouTube, take a minute and just comment something. Just say, hey, I'm leaving a comment, whatever. All that kind of nonsense boosts us in the algorithm. (laughs) All right, this week, I have a really great guest. He's very prominent in the manosphere, the men's space. Uh, he's a funny guy. You've probably heard of him. He's a Rule Zero panelist. And I think right now I've had just about every Rule Zero guy on the show, except for uh, Modern light Life dating and um, maybe a couple of others. Uh, but it's inevitable. They're all going to come on the show. I think maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Uh, He's also the author of the book Fuck Files, Um, that's with two C's, F-U-C-C, Files, Uh, Lessons from a Decade of Women, great book, absolutely loved it. We talk about that a little bit. Um, He's also a former sailor in the Royal Canadian Navy. I am talking, of course, about Ryan Stone, and he's a really great guy. If you haven't done so already, check out his YouTube channel because his content is really great, and I will bring you that conversation Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm not sure what you're doing tonight, but what I'm doing involves a bottle of crevassier and a lady. Well, maybe not the crevasse, but definitely a lady. If you're like me, you're tired of expensive, girly-smelling colognes from expensive department stores. You don't want to smell like a little bitch. You want to smell like a friggin' man. That's why I've partnered with Duke Cannon. Duke Cannon has a wide range of men's grooming products that actually smell manly as hell. My personal favorites are their Naval Supremacy Bar Soap and all of their awesome smelling colognes that women love. I have several of their colognes for different days of the week, but my Saturday night cologne is Grant because it gets the job done, if you know what I mean. Right now, if you visit duke.comonmanpod.com. You get free shipping on orders over $25. Using duke.comeonmanpod.com tells them I sent you and you get free shipping. Win win. Again, that's duke.comeonmanpod.com. Don't smell like a little bitch. All right, joining me this week is a man pretty well known in the men's sexual dynamics space, a Rule Zero panelist, author of the book Fuck Files Lessons from a Decade of Women, a former sailor in the Royal Canadian Navy. A man who Rob says just describes as a heavyweight coach whose material saved his life. <laughs> he he also thinks the videos I post on Twitter are are, are cringe. It's Ryan Stone. <laughs> What's going on, Ryan? Oh, you heard that one, did you? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I I I hopped on one of your videos you did for your Digital <laughs> Ryan account, and you said uh, you're like, "What are you doing here?" you're like, I see your videos all the time. They're kind of
0: cringy. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh, well okay. not the videos. It's just, you know what it is? Cause Ricky Berwick, I don't know if you know who he is, but he no. always does this thing where, because he's kind of handicapped. So it's easier for him just to record a video response to everything. Okay. And every time I think of somebody else doing like video responses to tweets and that, that's all I can think of there. So yeah, that's where that was kind of coming from. Oh. If you don't know who he is when you find out afterwards, you'll get a good laugh out of it.
1: I think, I think I do know who you're talking about. Yeah. But i I like video responses I just I feel like video responses are just so much easier sometimes, especially on Twitter when the character limit's so small.
0: yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> I was like <laughs> does he does he think my videos are cringe because of the content or because of i
0: I'm just oh I'm, dude, honestly, if it's Twitter, pay it no mind it's a it's a top of the funnel activity, yeah, which I don't know if you're familiar with the term or not, but no. um. So generally, like I have to earn a living, right? Same as everybody else. But the idea is I like sexual dynamics. It's one of those things I got OCD about. And so I've learned the way you're supposed to do it, like top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel. Top of the funnel is just get people to know who the hell you are. Doesn't matter if it's true. That's where all this like outrage bait and culture war and all that nonsense is. Just basically get known and outrage is an easy way to get there. So that's why that's where Twitter is. And then, middle of the funnel is where you show people you know what you're talking about and that you're credible and that you're likable and all that stuff. And then, bottom of the funnel is, for example, where I would put like the book in that. And then, the idea is, depending on what kind of level people want to engage you with, like if people just want to see memes and shit posting, they're not going to come to YouTube, but they're going to see me on Twitter. If they want to learn sexual dynamics, they'll stay on YouTube. And if they want, you know, if they really like me and they want to buy a book or they want to get some merch, then they come to the bottom of the funnel, which is like my website and that. Mm. if that helps. So yeah, yeah. when you see top of the funnel stuff, it's generally just like screaming for attention on a soapbox in the corner. Like they used to sell newspapers back when they were building the railroads.
1: Oh,
0: okay. Okay.
1: (laughs) So yeah, that that sort of brings me to my next question because, uh, I mean, we're we're really going to be talking about your book, uh, fuck files, but What I what I wanted to ask you was like, what was up with all the internet beef, right? Like Andrew Tate went off about you after a super chat on Rich's channel. There was a whole <laughs> slew of stuff about Jack Murphy. And then he, who shall not be named, had his YouTube channel demonetized. And I was just like, why can't everyone get along? But it, is it part of this oh, ClickFunnels yeah. stuff?
0: <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, that stuff, like I really can't stand any of them, but not like it's not emotional. Yeah. Well, like I start at the beginning. The ADJ thing. I don't know if you know this, but he originally, I was just, you know, working corporate, earning my six figure salary doing information security. And then he and Rolo had something thing where he was doing a conference, but it was low on money and it was almost bankrupt. And so Rolo's like, yeah, I'll come and do it, but let me bring some people. And then he brought me and other guys like uh, Zach Small. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, because we came from like, we're just doing Reddit and doing this thing online. Like you see rule zero dad and that He's like, hey, do you want to come give a speech to this thing? I'm like, yeah, it'll be fun. So it was like, we did it pro bono. We just, they give you a hotel room. You come up, you give an hour conversation on a on a stage about how not to be a, a, a moron. And that was going well. First year went really well. And then it's like saved his company from bankruptcy. And the year after that, he started making real money. And then all of a sudden, one day he goes feral and just goes after calling rollo a weirdo and uh harassing his daughter and stalking him and stuff like that and it was kind of weird yeah at the time i'm like you know this guy kind of brought me in here and it's rollo right so i'm like stick up for him and that's really where that beef started Mm -hmm. and all these guys just being weird children and so i was just not happy with it as far as the jack murphy thing it's i laugh man in one week like i feel bad. you know roman mcclay is i know the name Yeah. yeah Okay. This is why I was like, oh, I really hope you read the book before you talk about it. Cause he had this book out called sanction, which is like a 500 page manifesto of ramblings and random Nietzsche quotes. Mm. I couldn't get through the first, the introduction of it. It was that bad. Plus it kept telling me I was too low IQ to read the rest of the book. So I just took his word for it. Uh, he murdered six people. <laughs> oh, that's and right. was gonna that was going to be all the big. Yeah. That was here in Colorado. Yeah. 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 And that was that guy. And then Jack got those videos of him shoving stuff up his ass. <laughs> Right. Well, I didn't see those videos,
1: but yeah, I saw, I saw clips of him saying he was, uh, what is
0: it? Sexually flexible or some shit. Yeah. Hetero flexible. (laughs) hetero flexible. I mean, I don't really care about that stuff. What you shove up your ass is your own business. There's nothing red pill or not red pill about forcing certain behavior, but from a tactical perspective, going on your tradcon podcast, yelling at a, at a poor little girl, probably not the smartest play. Right. For me, it was just gatekeeping. I'm like, we already are look bad enough. Like this space has no good reputation. And yeah. so I'm like, yeah, I'll just poke at him. As far as the Tate thing, I don't fucking know. One day he just started making, he pictured, he posted up pictures of, uh, of me and my wife calling oh. her ugly as his marketing campaign. So I'm like, Oh, that's how we're going to play. And so I put up uh, a bunch of things about how he had scammed a bunch of people. And there was some warrants out for him from Interpol. And then I thought it was over and done with. Yeah. And then he started doing this other one. And I, I did found out about it through the grapevine. I didn't even know until somebody did that. And that's my joke now is because it seems that in the sphere, these $5 super chats that asked a question, get people to lose their mind. Yeah. I didn't even like that beef because to be fair, my first 10,000 Twitter followers and thousand YouTube followers came at the end of the Anthony Johnson beef. Mm. Jack Murphy got another couple thousand, which was great. The Tate one didn't get shit. So I don't even really care about that beef. I'm actually kind of annoyed (laughs) for all this talk about clout. You can't bring any, but I mean, it's all a sideshow. Yeah. I mean, it really does distract from the actual message, but unfortunately I'm finding men are like children Mm -hmm. in the sense that if you want to give them medicine, you have to get it. You remember the old spoon that looked like an airplane? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It's like that. And you have to feed them that way by making choo-choo sounds and then putting the airplane in their mouth. So. Unfortunately, it's just yeah. It's just it's just the job. Is that, <laughs> does that answer it sufficiently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good.
1: Yeah, you just you mentioned though that uh, you know red pill, and red pill content has a bad rap. I, I've sort of noticed. I feel like people are trying to distance themselves from that word red pill. Good, like fucking like, good. Like I I interviewed uh, Rich Cooper and he was yeah yeah. He was saying, he's like, I don't want to call it. I don't like to call it red pill. I like to call it unplugging
0: or something. And you know? I'm just like, it's, <laughs> it's semantics, right? I mean, it's the same, same idea. Well, there's a thing to it. Like uh-huh. red pill isn't just some marketing gimmick. And that's what a lot of, here's the thing. The people you see that are using red pill hardcore yeah. and distance themselves from it are marketers. Okay. I'm talking about red pill. And that started 2008 with a, a guy called on his blog, Hawaiian Libertarian, also known as Keone Galt. And it came okay. out of the pickup space, like so suave in that, which is where Rolo came from. And he had to come out with the the very first red pill piece of content called Game is Red Pill. And it was the idea of there was two concepts in there. First was the emasculation paradox, which for marriage is like a lot of guys who are afraid of their wives' emotions and like she could divorce rate me. And as long as I treat her well, she won't do it. But the problem is emasculating yourself like that actually makes it more likely to happen. Mm-hmm. So the only way not to have it happen is to stand up for yourself and like say to hell with it. If you want to try divorce me, you don't hit your ass on the door on the way out. And then the other thing was the idea of what you're hearing from people and what you're seeing from just experiencing game itself shows you the red pill blue. Thing. It was a loose matrix thing. Right. And then after that, you guys got uh, Chateau Ortiz or Royce in D.C. You had Roche V pre uh, evangelical, whatever the hell he's doing now. And you had, um old Rolo. They were called the three R's of the Manosphere. That's why the joke was I called myself the fourth R. <laughs> uh huh. And yeah, so then it started from blogs, mostly. There was Chateau Artiste, there was Rational Mail, there was uh Vee Forms. And then from there, around 2012, 2013, I think, what had happened was uh, this guy went by the name PK Atheist, who was actually ended up being Robert Fisher, which I don't know if you've heard about him, but... Mm-mm. He eventually started the subreddit for it because he was like, we need a place where we can talk about this stuff. The blogs are nice, but there's no place for people who don't have a blog. And then he mentioned how the men's rights wasn't really useful. They were just like blaming men for everything. And then the pickup space wasn't doing any good because they're just blaming women for everything. And he goes, neither of these are useful. And so that had started there. And then about a year later, this guy named a solo, so I still don't know who he is. We've talked a little bit, suggested that. The standard game advice is if a girl's crossing your boundaries, just leave her. Like you're just dating. Who cares? You're not committed to her. It's mm-hmm. not a fucking wife. And he goes, yeah, well, if you're married with two kids and a house, next isn't exactly the easiest solution. So surely there's got to be stuff you can do between here and there. And then the married red pill subreddit started. So this is all red pill. Yeah. And there's a very large group of guys that nobody has ever heard of. Like Uncle Vaz, uh, Red Pill School, Wine More Please, Rule Zero Dad. Taipan uh, Taipan Shim Sham, who used to be called S Curve, much back. Then. Like there's a whole I can rattle off 20, 30 names. So these were guys, and me included at this time, who were trying things. You know, how do we, how do we fix this? How do we do this? And then the Red Pill Canon kind of blossomed out of that. And then around 2018, when the whole Anthony thing started, all of a sudden everybody who had never heard of started talking about I'm Red Pill this and I'm Red Pill that, and never even heard of Rolo, who's Ro- who's Roger Tamarcy? and you're just like, okay. So clearly it got popular somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then KSDJ did her, her movie that was just basically a Paul Elam men's rights thing. And so a bunch of Dick writers jumped onto it. And then that's really what got it as bad opinion. That's how you get that. How would you open seven ways to be an alpha male? Number six will surprise you. Shit. Yeah. So now that they're, everybody's kind of jumping shit. I'm actually enjoying. It. Cause for me, it's not like, I'm not, I don't know if you would consider yourself like a coach or a consultant or a mentor or any I'm of that. I'm a podcast host. <laughs> Gotcha. Same. (laughs) If anything, I am closer to that YouTube account, Internet Historian. I just have 10 years worth of stuff and a really good memory. So I'm explaining to people what things were like for the last 10 years in the red pill. And so when I see guys like, I'm here to save men, I'm here to tell you to go fuck yourself. It's kind (laughs) of how I look at it. Uh But yeah, so anybody who's marketing has no idea about any of this stuff. You can already tell because the way they talk about things. They don't know. They'll bring up some problems and things you should do. Meanwhile, I can bring up, yeah, like, for example, guys are talking about, you don't mind that I'm rambling, do you? I kind of, No, no, please do. We have to fill up an hour. So, Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> so, for example, George Bruno, which if you don't know, it doesn't matter. Just know he's one of the marketing guys. Had this thing about, you know, if a girl earns more money than you, she's going to leave you because women like resources, and then you need to hide money under your mattress and shit like that. And I'm like, dude. Ian Ironwood, another big name. He came out from the same time as like Royce and Roosh and them. They call them the old married guys. There was Ian Ironwood, Athel K, Maybe, I don't know, not so much Corey Wayne, but around the same time. Mm-hmm. And he had talked about it in a seminal post called the Praxeology of the Red Pill, of the dominant male, sorry. And that came out in 2014, where he mentioned, yeah, you know, from time-honored traditions, we're finding that male-dominant relationships tend to have the most longevity and the most happiness for everybody. Female-dominated ones, not so much. And previously used economic input to decide who had dominance there. So what do you do now when 40% of women are out earning men and that's no longer, and it's no longer going to work. Well, Mm -hmm. it's just remove economic factors from dominance in the relationship. And that's where guys have to realize, you know, having strong boundaries, that's where the sexual marketplace came through, building your attraction, the concepts of alpha and beta, not alpha male and beta male, because that's some more marketing horse shit. Yeah, but alpha, as in like the hormonal responses to attraction—dopamine, <laughs> testosterone—and uh, beta being the comfort ones, the longevity ones, like oxytocin, serotonin. And a lot of guys realize then, and then the girls too. So girls realize, okay, just be feminine, be yourself, and you know, don't throw your job, don't try and compete with your man, and he'll tend to do step up and do whatever he has to do. And from the guys, it's like strong boundaries lead with the alpha traits because she no longer needs providership. You know, I used to, I used to bring home the bacon, but now bacon's $3 a pound at the grocery store. So like, what else do you got? Mm -hmm. And so, and this is the part that gets me. So this is 2014, almost 10 years ago. Yeah. We, have for the most part, had it figured out, there was a lot of like edge case stuff. And there was a whole ton of replication being done in the meantime. And it's almost at the point now where like, with the exception of, I would argue, some of the rule zero guys, which I include myself on this one are basically forgetting everything. And they're just like, yeah, be like me. It worked for me. And I, f- anyways, I'm just rambling at this point here. What was the question?
1: What was the question? I think we started off. We started off about, uh, internet beats. Oh yeah. Why? Well, oh no. And then the it was,
0: uh, we were distancing ourselves from the red pill. That's where it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's, that was the point. Fuck it. Don't hit your ass on the door on the way out. Mm -hmm. like seriously just wasting everybody's time and you're making the whole point of this men's space and the red pill was to be unattractive yeah whisper another prolific poster talked about this one and yes virginia you do have to be an asshole anything that doesn't prioritize women is going to be seen as evil Mm -hmm. and that's not a feature or it's not a bug that's a feature because back in you know caveman days if you didn't prioritize women over men your tribe didn't survive so we kind of have that as an innate instinct so we're kind of going against instinct right now. And the idea is, yes, you have to sound like a misogynist because otherwise there's no way to ensure you're being true to your own self-interest because that's basically what it is. And you kind of, we talked offline about, about it. That was kind of where you had your awakening moments when you realized like nobody else is going to take care of you, but you, so you might as well fucking start. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
1: Which is funny because I want to switch gears and, and go into your book a little bit. But you, you have Damn a whole it. you have a whole chapter. I didn't write this down in my notes, but it, it brings me to this because like we talked about offline, right? like I mm-hmm. got into the space because uh, I had two like major relationships fail. Uh, when I found myself back on the dating circuit in 2019, I could get dates, but I couldn't keep chicks around, so I was like, I need to figure out what's going on. So I started mm-hmm. looking into books and self-help and stuff, but you have a whole chapter. On self help is masturbation.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I did steal that line from Palinchuk. so I can't take credit for being a good wordsmith on that one. Yeah,
1: but I mean, don't you think that at, I mean, men sort of need a little bit of uh, self help if they're in a position like I was in at some point? But they, I mean, I guess what your your point is in that chapter was that eventually you need to take action, right? You can't just well, it's read more these so books. direction.
0: Yeah. Like guys just dig them, like self improvement. Do what somebody else tells you online. He says, drink a gallon of milk a day. Remember GOMAD? All right, I'm drinking GOMAD. Did you ever think of why do you want to drink a gallon of milk a day? Or what are some of the other ones? You got to approach a thousand girls. Otherwise, you're not going to be a man. And you're like, well, what does that accomplish? Mm-hmm. You need to make a bunch of money. You need to be rich. And I know I, I don't want you to steal rich's marketing term, but like you need to be your your most excellent and best self. It's like, for what purpose? Mm -hmm. And a lot of guys, and this is the core problem with guys who find their way to the red pill out of pure frustration. It's not that women ain't shit. It's not that guys need to improve. It's that they have no idea what they want because they're so unused to being advocates for their own selves. Like it's when I used to do this, I used to actually consult with guys. And one of the first questions I'd ask them is, what do you want? Out of about a hundred guys, nobody had an answer. They thought one up at the spot, but they didn't really know. Mm -hmm. And you realize like, how is, how is any of this advice and self-help shit going to help you? If you don't even know what you're trying to achieve, you don't know what a success state looks like. You're just going to end up, you're going to do something. And then whatever happens, you're going to bullshit yourself into thinking it's useful. Oh yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. That's not living life. That's letting life happen to you Mm -hmm. with just like a little bit of self-delusion sprinkled on top, you know? And that's where I came up with the term sprinkling a little alpha on it. That'll solve your problem. Sprinkle some alpha on it like a cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like
1: the, the idea that if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there, right?
0: Yeah. But I mean, what does that solve? Anybody can do that. I can, I can read out. And that's where you get those goofballs doing like voodoo and suntanning your asshole. And I can't believe that's a real thing, but it is. <laughs> but some, the, uh... it's about like a vitamin
1: D, right? You should try it. It's about vitamin yeah, D. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I have a whole kidding. bunch of
0: skin. <laughs> I don't need that specific part, I guess. <laughs> I'll eat an orange. We'll call it even. Get my <laughs> vitamin C. Yeah,
1: drink, drink, so drink a gallon of milk a day. You'll get vitamin D that way. That's-
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, does that not bother you when you see it? I mean, I don't want to say bother like you're emotional about it, but you can like see it for its, its naked brand manipulation. Like it's yeah. just a way of parting a fool from his money. And it just irks him.
1: I you know what after having started following uh, like rule zero and uh, mm. talk there's a lot of talk about grifters and grifting I do spot it more you know I yeah. I can see when it's a sales funnel as far and in, instead of really being useful information so that's what I so I kind of want I kind of like to gear my uh, my podcast towards being useful being helpful right like I I look at it like I'm a student I'm trying to learn this stuff and the people tuning in are are guys trying to learn stuff you know yeah It' not just i'm not just trying to sell a, a, a gumroad uh, course or something you know
0: well and there's no problem with that like i don't right. nobody should have a problem inherently with teaching somebody something online i think it's the issue you have and there's a reason that i use the word grift yeah cuz do you know where the where the etymology etymol- of grift comes from no all right so it turns out it originally was from a term called a graft and if you don't know, a graft is the amount of, of material you can pick up in one shovel load. Okay. So the idea is they would use, and then it turned into a, a descriptor where people would graft. And the idea was that was a big swindle, a scam, a con, like a uh, PT Barnum and shit like that, right? Mm. Promise the world, deliver nothing. It's just vaporware. The di- then, because, you know, English language as it is, they thought a grift is like a small graft. So it's, it's scammy. It's delivering something other than what was promised, not beneficial, generally snake oil, but it's got that undercurrent of laziness to it, like the least amount of effort you can possibly do to wring every dollar you can out of everybody, which, and I love mentioning this because that's the part about grifts that I don't like. It's not that they're unhelpful because people buy dumb shit that doesn't help them all the time, Mm -hmm. pet rocks or whatever, chia pets. It's that it's lazy. And maybe it's because I was raised on a ranch. Maybe it's because I did military time. That, but just the working for a living thing that really gets to me when people like, ah, I can't even bother to like put some effort into scamming these guys. And I'm just like, <laughs> at least put some effort into it. You know, yeah. just rent a Lamborghini. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> let's So let's talk about your book. Fuck files. Um, the whole book pre- keeps calling this one too. <laughs>
1: no, no, it's fine. It's fine. So the, the whole book pretty much takes place while you were out carousing as a sailor in the Royal Canadian Navy. And as yeah. a sailor, sailor myself, you know, we have a story as to why we joined. Why did you join the Navy?
0: I was bored. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Like every major decision I've made in my life was me getting drunk and then following through somehow. I was literally a graphic designer at the time. I was working in Alberta and then I had moved back to British Columbia for a bit. And I had a lull where I had no work for about three months. And then my buddy and I were just drinking. Talking about how my dad used to be a paratrooper and his, and he always thought the military would be cool. So we drunkenly called up the recruiting office, went to bed that night, didn't think anything of it. The next morning, there's, a, there's like paperwork there for us. And I'm like, oh, I guess I knew what I was doing. And that, that was literally it. And that's why I joined. I'm like, hey, this should be fun. It'll be a nice adventure. I'm sure I knew what I was doing when I decided on it. Mm-hmm. But it was a nice sense of adventure. And I liked the idea of, of serving something bigger than myself. I kind of got really hooked on the queen and country thing. You know how you were talking before about your relationships was kind of your, your uh, I guess, zeroing out. I don't want to use the term, but you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the epiphany, that rock bottom moment. For there me, it was the disillusionment with the military queen and country when it turned out just to be careerists, opportunists. And I basically got run over. And I realized that like I was the perfect sailor for about a decade. Mm-hmm. And then none of that mattered because somebody had like a, a personal beef and then yeah. I, I found my way from Terrence Pop into there because he had done a video on administrative violence through the military, which helped me a ton. And then here we are.
1: Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask uh, why you got out because you were in for 12 years, right?
0: Yeah. 12 years to the day. I actually got out Remembrance Day or uh, Canadian Patriots Day. I don't know why that seemed like something worth memorizing, but. Yeah. I just found I, it kind of funny. But yeah, I mean, once you're because, you know, the, the terms of service, you got your 20 years. Mm hmm. And I was at 10. So I'm like, either I get out now or I suck it up for 10 years. And so I decided to get out because, well, for example, and this is like, (coughs) excuse me, the pragmatic approach to it. For Canadian non-commissioned members, you have five years to get your what's called a leading seaman and then usually another two years to get your master seamans. From there, what's supposed to happen is you have a seagoing phase and a shore posting. Every three years, you need to get a promotion. And then the idea is by the time you hit your 20 year, you should make like a, a chief petty officer, second class, or at the very least the head of department P1. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they take the average of your last three evaluations. Mm. So what had happened was uh, the administrative violence happened and it, it all eventually got cleared. It was all just nothing. And then eventually the, su- the Supreme Court of Canada basically said, leave this guy alone, which is great. Except for, for that entire year, I had no nothing to evaluate. So even though I had done nothing wrong, that one year there meant for the next three years, I was basically digging myself out of a hole. So it was five years to my next promotion, Mm -hmm. which meant by the time I'd hit my 20 year, I'd be like, you know, a petty officer second class, which isn't a bad rank, but it's barely better than what I am now. And I'm like, why would I waste the next 10 years of my life for barely any reward? And then had I earned $25,000 more a year for the next five years after I left the military, then financially, I'd be just as well off as if I cashed it, if I didn't take the pension. And sure enough, I left, earned like 30,000 right out of the gate, more than what I was earning there and started up and up and up And I'm like, great, hey, got that goal done. And then found out like, I really hate the commute and this is not fulfilling as work. And so I quit to do this one because it was right at the time when uh, we were doing the convention anyway. So I'm like, yeah, let's try it out. Always <laughs> wanted to write a book. Always wanted to start a YouTube channel. Let's do it. Got it. Fuck, I don't so, remember what the question is. By the time I get to the end, I feel like, oh, I asked, I feel like I asked I'm running a parliamentary you, question period. I asked why you got out of the Navy. So you oh you, yeah, you mentioned you got into a little bit of trouble.
1: You talk about get, getting in trouble in the book and keeping your mouth shut. And yep. Is that
0: what you're talking about then? Oh, part of it. Well, that was because I was in fleet school for a time. And I noticed this is that we had about 40 charges, my students and my friend's students. And every single time it was the same military theater. You stress the guy out. You make him panic about what's going to happen. And then you offer him a lifeline. You're like, look, I know you messed up. Just admit what you did. You do your time. We got your back. And I remember this one kid of mine, Frenchy, not going to say his real name. Plus it's French. I'll pronounce it all wrong. And we gave him that riot act and everybody had his back. he was like the best student, but he had, uh, I think it was done pot at a party. It's like two years before pot became legal. And so he's like, he trusted all of us and he admitted everything and he did his time. He had to go to the club ed, which is like a military prison, not a fucking joke, by the way. And then at the end of it, the entire school basically put recommendations to him and they still kicked him out. Mm -hmm. So I took that as a lesson. It's like doing the right thing, getting your ass kicked for it. Like, why even bother? And then when the military tried to get me with the same thing over nothing, I had decided like to learn from that lesson just say nothing i basically is like i'm going to war with the military mm-hmm. plus they like the only thing advantage they had given on me then is the they had prescribed me a therapist which is like the biggest waste of time i've ever been on all he did was hand out ssris and then talk about my feelings and i'm like this is fucking useless <laughs> and then once i found those i found out everybody in the military was on srs ssris like mm-hmm. i didn't know nobody talks about it but then once they find out you're on one everybody was on one i'm like holy crap like what is with these guys i went to war with all you guys now all of a sudden everybody's got a cushy office job and they got you on anxiety meds Mm -hmm. this is weird so i got off of that and i found the gym is a much better place to go than than pills and that but yeah got it yeah that's kind of where i mean every story came from something they're all shit in my life because that's the only advice that matters i tried this and it worked i tried this and it didn't work that's the only red pill advice that's there if you hear any of this value, like? a man should do this, then just tell him to go fuck themselves. It's useless. (laughs) Are you a, you a shellback? Technically. How do you, how do you technically? Cause you crossed, but you didn't go through the ceremony or what? Right. We crossed the line. We actually did the, the, the prime meridian and the equator at the same time just to be cool with this. But Mm -hmm. at the last minute, the captain said, he didn't want to do it because he was worried a film crew would somehow find their way to the middle of the ocean mm-hmm. while men and women are dying in Afghanistan showing this ceremony. We had the, the meal prepped. We had like bears were getting ready to kidnap people. We had like a tadpole revolution coming and it all just kind of went away. So <laughs> I was actually, I'm actually pretty peeved about that one. Yeah. That's the one thing I, could, I was like, I've, I didn't look forward to much in my military career. And that was the one thing. Not only was I looking forward to, but I got let down. So yeah, if, if we ended up crossing the line, I guarantee you I'm eating the fucking meal again.
1: They didn't give you a certificate I have crossed the line. They didn't give you a certificate anyway. No, because you didn't do it right. And I'm like, yeah, you uh, know, it's really sad. So I, I crossed, um, uh, at the date line. Um, so I'm a golden shell back. I crossed in, I I crossed in 1998. I was, uh, an E2. So, uh, uh, you know, seaman and apprentice. And, uh, and when I crossed our, our captain was, uh, was worried about hazing. So the, what he said like was allowed was like, we got to get fire hosed and we just got our asses PT a lot. So we were doing a lot of duck walks across the deck. We were doing just, just, we were, we got, we basically got worked out for 24 hours
0: And what the hell? Did you not even do the whole Neptune ceremony? Like none of that, nothing. The pool. Oh yeah, well,
1: what they did, yeah, they baptized us at the end.
0: So, um,
1: so then we, so we did that, and and I was sore for like a week afterwards because at that time I didn't really work out very much, and uh, so I made it hurt, but it wasn't as bad as my second cruise. But I got, (laughs) I had, I got the the shellback certificate. But guys who were like, I'm not participating in this. This is hazing. They still got certificates. And so what then the so then on my second deployment, when we did it, it was nasty. I mean, we were like rubbing Crisco in people's hair. People were like sli- <laughs> like swimming through slop and stuff. And uh, we still worked everyone out and fire hosed them. But the guys who I remember not participating were trying to be all big league to these guys. And I and I was like, hey, don't listen to that guy. He didn't even do it last time. You know? Yeah, I was going to say. You know, y- he didn't earn it, you know? So... Yeah, that's it was so
0: cheap, though. Like talk about stealing. And I know it sounds stupid, but like that's some personal pride shit. And imagine just yeah. giving it away like that. Yeah, I know, I, man, I couldn't. I couldn't. It's like, how, it's like what chicks would do. <laughs>
1: right? I I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to bring myself to, you know, if I didn't at least do the first ceremony with like the the working out and stuff like that, I couldn't. I wouldn't. I would have too much pride. I would just I just wouldn't participate again
0: you know, yeah. but some people I wouldn't have accepted the cards. Like I didn't earn this. Yeah. But I guess if you're the kind of guy that weasled out of it, of course you're going to want it too. how many guys love the stolen valor. Isn't that like a big deal in the States? It's illegal, isn't it? it it's kind of it like is, on that same thread.
1: It is for some people. I really don't care. <laughs> I just like, mm. I just look at people like that, that walk around, you know, acting like they served or whatever. Like that's just sad. You know, I, I don't. I'm not like that's
0: stolen valor. And I get all upset about it. <laughs> you pull your Jesse Ventura. <laughs> right. Stupid. I know it's just a weird America. It's an American thing. Like in Canada, uh, if people found out I was in the military. Usually the first two questions they ask were, do I wear bell bottoms? And Oh, Canada has a military in America. <laughs> the first two things people would say is, Oh, Canada has a military. And yeah, I was going to join except for, you know, the hang toenail or because yeah. of like a, st- a stub toe. It's like would, everybody always had to tell me why they didn't join as if yeah. it's like, I'm looking at them and judging. And I realized it's like, I think there's a big insecurity. And this was San Diego too. And that's not really a military town is, it? I mean, they Oh got no, a it is. Yeah. There,
1: that's but, where I was stationed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess they got a base, but I mean, it's a bigger town. I just can't imagine everybody there being like, I want to be military, but I was from Victoria, BC, which is yeah. like, hippie central so they hated the military which is the weirdest thing for a military town <laughs> yeah that's interesting
1: yeah no san diego's a big military town we have a uh, 32nd street naval station there there's um miramar there so you know top gun that's where top yeah. gun was originally for, at was there and oh i remember
0: was, dude then, the day that kansas city barbecue burned down was the saddest day it's built back up day. you can go there again yeah, yeah. it's not the same though it, where's it, is the piano there yep yep, yep. the original is, owners is, is the piano yeah yeah. It, really?
1: it, it didn't, it didn't, uh, it didn't get destroyed. It's still there.
0: Oh, okay. I, Maybe I, I,
1: my, the company that I, that shall not be named that I work for, uh, is still in San Diego. So like I fly back to San Diego all the time.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. Hit up Hunter. Oh, is that Horton's Plaza? Go to the hot sauce shop. I love that place. Horton Plaza is totally different now. Totally different. Really? Yeah. So on the bottom floor, they don't have that like hardcore p- where you have to sign the waiver to get the capsicum, liquid capsicum, and stuff. Yeah, they store is not there anymore, probably.
1: I, I don't think it is. Like most of the stuff that's in Horton Plaza is gone now, and they re- remodeled it a couple of years ago.
0: Jeez, I yeah. don't know, man. It feels like it feels like when you find out your childhood home got demolished, you're like, oh
1: no, I know, yeah. Because I I mean I lived there for I lived there for 15 years, and I go back for work now, and I, it's just it's a shadow of what it used to be. It's a total shithole.
0: <laughs> honestly can you still take the train to tijuana at least and ride yep. the zebra and come back hammered yep yeah you can. Right. they that. didn't take everything thank god figured there'd be some like armed <laughs> guards at the gate or something like that yeah i think you need a
1: passport now it used to be that
0: uh oh I, yeah I, it was literally just walk over <laughs> it was
1: walk over and just show your either your you know driver's license or your military id and
0: mm-hmm. then
1: uh now you have to have a, a whole passport to go over there speaking
0: of tijuana though what's the coolest port you went to the coolest port? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. I actually have to think in my head here. So Vancouver, Victoria, Powell River.
1: Vancouver was awesome. I actually uh, had to go up there once Uh, in the yeah, Navy.
0: It's good. We weren't allowed to go because HMCS Vancouver, they pulled some shit last time and smashed a bunch of hotel rooms and say they were banned from their, from their namesake city for like five years. So we had to stop porting there for the longest time. It's actually where my wife and I had our first date, funny enough uh then there's diego san francisco i want to say san fran but i mean it was fleet week of course it was going to be good uh definitely wasn't northern mexico wasn't the <laughs> southern mexico i want to say thailand patong Ali in phuket was great but then again dubai all right i'd have to say it's a cross between uh phuket thailand uh-huh. and dubai uae although oh. i guess we were technically in abu dhabi but we just took the train over got it or uh, took a cab over yeah, between those two, just the rock bottom there. Uh-huh. And I just, I had I so homesick by that point. It was like four months into the deployment. And I remember there was these Iranian chads and these, uh, Palestinian, or not Palestinian. Iran, and, oh no, there was Iranian and Palestinian. And they were getting into a fight. And then the, I can't remember which ones, they got off in their, la- they were getting their Lamborghini to take off. And the one group took a bunch of bricks off the street and started throwing it at his car. And I'm like, dude, if you turn that into a Ford F-150, this is my childhood right here. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> and that's when i kind of realized like other than the burkas we're all basically the same yeah <laughs> yeah for sure that yeah, was the times.
1: i never got to go to thailand uh, we were supposed to we were supposed to go to hong kong once we were supposed to go to thailand but there was a typhoon we ended up get, getting diverted to oh no where would uh, they take you to greece or
0: no no, no it, philippines
1: i was i was west west coast so we were we were um where the fuck did we go we went to Malaysia. We went to Port Kalang, Malaysia, oh. and I had duty when we pulled into port. And so as soon as we pulled in- <laughs> Wait, I could, first day duty? Yeah, first day. So as soon as, oh, as, good, as, good. as, soon as we pulled in, I had duty and I, I couldn't leave the ship. The very next morning, someone comes and wakes me up and they're like, Petty Officer Bauer, we have to get the ship underway. We're getting sore teeth. And so I was like, what? What the fuck? I didn't even get to go. I didn't even get to set foot in Malaysia. Uh, Somebody I was got the- into trouble? No, the, there was a uh, shit going on in the Gulf. And so they were sending oh, us enough. there. Yeah. They were sending us there immediately. So I, that, that was a uh, West PAC 2000. It was, sh- it was a shit show. It was just like, d- like, we didn't see any ports for months. It was crazy. And then the USS Cole got bombed. So it was like, Oh, that was right around that time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we, we were in uh, we were in Dubai when, when uh, the Cole got bombed. So they're like, Oh, we're getting underway. And then we were underway for well over 45 days. So we had a beer day because in uh, U.S. Navy, we're not allowed to have alcohol on our ships, but.
0: Oh yeah. You guys got your dry ship and you also have shore patrol. Not saying that those are connected. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: America's just, we just can't handle our liquor. That's just (laughs) really what it comes down to. Uh, One last Navy question. Um, So in the pictures I've seen of you, you had two Chevrons. Is that not second-class petty officer?
0: Oh, that's a, that's a leading seaman. That would be the equivalent of a E3. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Cause the E's it's just every year is your E0 to E12 or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, you he, get those at about two and a half years good. in and you'll keep them till about four. And then your first promotion after that is a merit-based promotion. So you have to get on the, uh, the merit lists, what they call it. Okay. Yeah. So that was really early in my career. That would have been like 2004, 2005, maybe. Oh no, right. wait, 2007. I didn't get promoted till after I got back from deployment. That's right. So it'd have been 2007-ish.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah, because Chevron's in the US Navy is a petty officer. Uh, oh, okay. So- yeah, for us,
0: it's, it's uh, zero, zero chevs. Yeah. Then one chev for an able seaman, two chevs for a leading seaman, two chevs and a maple leaf for a master seaman, then uh, three chevs and a maple leaf for a sergeant or petty officer second class, a crown for a petty officer first class. Uh, a crown with laurels for a chief petty officer, second class, and then chief petty officer, first class gets the coat of arms of Canada. And that's the full gamut of, uh, NCM ranks. Got it. Okay. What, um, uh, I guess one more question. What was your job in the Navy? Communications. I was the, we, they, they had combined signalmen, rad ops and it to the same trade. So like oh. three trade, they called them Naval communicators oh okay basically us and the secret squirrels were sitting in there beeping and bopping plugging in patch panels and shit like that the top yeah. secret stuff and i slept next to a chiller that was 100 decibels to keep the equipment cool that's got why it. i'm yelling all the time because my hearing is shot <laughs> got it okay so i was a, you then
1: i was an operations specialist so radar oh mushroom yeah. head pretty much i just sat in in uh combat information center looking at radar screens all day you know
0: Oh, so you'd have been, we call those NC, uh, we used to call them NCI ops. Okay. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I did yeah, I know the guy. Yeah. On the second row of the ops room, those guys. <laughs> yeah. It was a good time. I
1: like that stuff. Um, all right. So one of the chapters, you talk about a technique called the cube that <laughs> you would use on a, a date to get women to feel more connected with you without the whole interrogation thing. Can yeah. you give us a, a short version of what that is and why it works?
0: Oh, yeah, it's rapport building. Because like it was the old pickup thing is that you need to talk. The more words you use, the more comfortable a girl's going to be around you. The more attractive you can make yourself, the more the more fun you make the date, basically. And a lot of guys, I think uh, Black Label Logic Carl, who we used to podcast with all the time, he used to do palm reading. Other people talk about astrology or MBTI. And this one was kind of like a psychology thing. And it was just a fairly straightforward. Uh, it's almost like a parlor trick. You're like, yeah, I got a friend. He was a psychologist, taught me this thing, read my mind, blew my mind. Do you want to see it? And they're like, yeah, sure. And then the idea is you tell them, okay, uh, close your mind, close your eyes, picture a cube where it's in the room, and it's in a room. Picture the cube. What, how big is it? How, where, what's it look like? What color is it? Whatever. And you're like, okay, open your eyes. You got to draw this out, right? And like, tell me about the cube. And then the girl will describe, you know, whatever blue tri uh, diagonal doesn't matter what she says yeah pick something off of it she says the color the cube is blue and you're like all right so the cube represents who you what you think of yourself and because it's blue most likely you have like a you know you're a little insecure about yourself doesn't matter what you say there just make an assumption best guess and then you the trick is you watch it's like cold girls and yeah it's like cold reading and the girl if she tends to agree with you will start like they always nod Okay. And if they don't agree, you'll always get like a, yeah. So you just watch the face. And if you get a positive reaction, you say, and, and carry on. If you get a negative reaction, you say, but, and then just say the exact opposite of what you said before. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's, yeah, it's not, it's not rocket science. And then the idea yeah. is you add onto the cube with a, a ladder. Yeah. A ladder is her career aspirations. You add onto that some flowers and the flowers are her friends and family. And then on that, you add a horse, which is her ideal lover. My favorite part of that one. Because uh, like if, if the girl ever describes, I like, I would love a chestnut brown horse. And then I was just kind of laughing. They're like, what's so funny? And you explain what it's supposed to mean. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, brown horse. Fair enough. I think my girl at the time when he was on her, she said she liked, she liked her horse to dance. Okay. So it was kind of funny. And so I'm like, yeah, you like guys that are fun and exciting. And of course she nodded to that and you go with that. And then you ended off with um, uh, a storm. Mm -hmm. there's a storm outside and that's a girl's greatest fears. And then the idea is you go through all of this and you've learned just about everything you wanted to know about a girl. She gets that like emotional high from like, Oh my God, he's reading my mind. It's like a magic trick. And it just helps the date become way more fun. And I think that's what a lot of people missed out of like game is that it's supposed to be a game. It's like, these aren't tips and tricks to get a girl to sleep with you. It's tips and tricks not to be a boring fuck. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think uh, that's uh, why uh, I liked it. Yeah, yeah, I think a, a lot of guys. Uh, I see it. And women too. I see this on uh, TikTok a lot because I'm on TikTok. TikTok, <laughs> oh, you cool. say? <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, it's a. It's funny. It's a. It's an amazing way to grow a brand. It really is. So is it really? Oh, it's so easy to to build
0: a following on TikTok. It's ridiculous. So right. I might have to actually buckle down and do some of these then.
1: Yeah. You might, you might want to look into it, switch it. I think they used to call it a creator account. I think they changed it to business account, but if you change it to a business account or whatever they call it now, uh, your, your videos go out to a wider group of people and you're able to grow faster. So Uh-oh. yeah.
0: Yeah. Look into so it. Just, put just Like, you know, hypergamy doesn't care and then just start doing the robot on the thing. And you could do
1: that every other video. Yeah. Every other video. maybe. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Every once in a well, while, I'll I'm do it a lot. It's I'll, got a great source of outrage bait. I'll give it that.
1: Oh, it does. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, going back to it, what I see a lot on TikTok are people that are just frustrated with the dating circuit. Like they're, they just hate dating. So they'll rush mm-hmm. into the next relationship because they don't want to be out there
0: anymore doing it. And I'm like, yeah, heaven forbid you're disco- you have any discomfort in life. That'd be a fucking shame, wouldn't it?
1: Right. But, it, the, I, but like you said, like, it should be fun. Like the, you know so what if this the state didn't pan out who gives a shit like did you have fun you should make it fun that and as i think as
0: as a as a man like in you're leading the interaction you should be leading the fun so yeah not even i wouldn't even say leading i know it's a semantic difference but a lot of what i would do is because i get bored really easy so a lot of the times i would just poke at somebody just to get a reaction out of them just so i could be entertained turned (laughs) out to be like the like unintentionally a really good way of like engaging people <laughs> okay but yeah, yeah like well, like for example right at the beginning when you said when i was like oh these are kind of cringe videos or whatever yeah you're like hey what do you mean my videos are cringe but then i didn't take offense talking. to it though i just i was just yeah. curious but that's what i mean yeah. but it's like an engaging thing to say it's not that they're actually cringe it's just that i run my mouth it's more fun to talk about that and then we can talk about whether they're cringe or not and i'm like i'm just running my mouth who gives a fuck <laughs> but like literally how we This is for your audience there, how we could just sit here and have a conversation based on like an offhand comment. You can do that with people. Mm -hmm. In fact, people love it because people are bored. Do you know how bored people are? They're bored. They are bored. Yeah.
1: That's why, that's why
0: everyone's staring at their phones all the time. Exactly. I remember like it was a very good story and it's been a while, but I like telling it back when the world was still open. And I was working corporate and there was like a Starbucks right down. And I'd always go down there for whatever. And they had that. You remember that unicorn drink they had? The little colorful one? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't know it was there. But then one of the girls working in one of the other offices was down there, grabbed it. And I just looked over. I'm like, what the fuck is that? like psychedelic (laughs) bullshit. Yeah. And she was on her phone. And then she looks up and she's like, what? And big. I was like confused looking at her drink. And she explained it. and We got the whole thing started up there. Not an opener you would ever hear anywhere basically like yelling at her because her drink looks ridiculous but just because she's so bored hey this is something more interesting than whatever the fuck's happening on linkedin right now That's <laughs> <laughs> not hard just to a, like LinkedIn, tw- yeah <laughs> yeah and so you can have a 15 minute conversation with a total stranger based on the most flimsy premise yeah roosh talked about that in his book day game or day bang too where he calls it old man openers where you just point at something that's interesting about the person like their purse or their iPhone or whatever, and make an assumption about it. That's usually wrong. And then they'll correct you. And then you all of a sudden are in a conversation. And I'm, I'm just wondering how many of these people that are so frustrated with the dating market and so bored. It's like you said, it's more than just about having fun. It's about making it fun for you. Mm -hmm. And other people will latch onto that. Like it's so deceptively interesting when somebody's having a good time to just want to join them and to like, glean off of that because there's I don't know it's just it's a process and I loved it I loved it more than picking up like success fail doesn't matter as long as it was a great story the next morning I'd love it when you walk over to strangers that kind of remembered you from the bar and they have that like weren't you that guy it's like <laughs> yes that was me how you doing come on over let's have a beer
1: yeah what love that shit what changed everything for me was uh I read Dr. Glover's uh, dating essentials for men book uh-huh. and he he's he good Oh, I fucking love that book. I like it better than No More Mr. Nice Guy, honestly. Ooh, that's a tall order. <laughs> well, it, it, I, I just, it's really good, I think. Um, there's some things oh, in it. Oh, you got me perked. There's some things in it that uh, I don't really agree with. Like, he talks about, um, like, not going for a kiss on the first date and stuff. And I'm it's draw, <laughs> really drawing out, like, he's like, you know, you really want to, you know, save that or whatever. I'm like, why? Why? Fucking why? Like, that's... Yeah. But, uh, but no, one of the things that he talks about is uh, treating dating like a science experiment, you know? And so that's what, that's what I started doing. I started going into each date, uh, trying different things, seeing what worked, what didn't, and then like comparing notes and stuff, you know?
0: Like, well, dear God, that's red pill at its core. Swapping <laughs> notes, A-B <laughs> testing life. I'm not sure. even joking. That's literally what it is. Yeah. It's what it's always ever been. Guys wanted to get laid, and so they tried things and, re- and shared it with each other. Yeah, yeah, that's transform. what.
1: That's what the uh, the the Corey Wayne based uh, Facebook group. It's called Three uh, Percent Man. That's what it, it all it all is. It's like hardcore students. What worked out of his book? What didn't? And then what other resources are you using that you're trying that worked better than his material and stuff? So I'm going to start
0: um, getting a good opinion of Corey Wayne here in a minute. You're selling them hard. Well. I don't know. I, I don't I, really know him a thing either. So like, this is a conversation starter. I don't really know much about him other than everybody keeps mentioning him.
1: Well, his, uh, I think his book is great. Uh, but the man himself, I don't know.
0: <laughs> uh, he's, uh, he's- Oh, that's like everybody.
1: He seems kind of like, I don't know. He might just be super busy, but otherwise like he just seems like he's, he's a little too full of himself, you know? That's just ah, uh,
0: But- Yeah, uh, fair enough.
1: So, So go back to the cube now in the book when you're talking about the cube you said you used it on cat and cat is your your girlfriend is that right wife yeah you, oh it's your wife oh sorry yeah so and then you said uh, you, but yeah
0: yeah That's so i had to think for a minute i'm like oh all right
1: <laughs> did, did, like are you guys like legally married or are you just like common law or, like how does that work
0: yeah it's common law but canada it's different than the states canada common law is once you've cohabitated for at the time it was 12 months but now i think it's 24 okay you're just considered married for all intents and purposes with a couple legal distinctions and i don't know if you want to get into like the the nuts and bolts of it or not but we don't have to (laughs) yeah
1: but uh but yeah
0: legally a lot of the problems that guys have with marriage common law kind of gets around it's almost like the way marriage was prior to no-fault divorce Mm -hmm. if that makes sense except for um legally you have to get arbitration you don't necessarily need any like the family court and shit like that and most often than not if you're able to negotiate a, uh, a settlement that it'll be rubber stamped so it really is it's much better it hasn't been gleaned onto by the whole family court system and i'm sure you've seen how miserable that hellhole is
1: Oh yeah. I, I got divorced. So <laughs> I'm yeah, still, I enough. still deal with it. I have two kids. So every once oh, in a while, thing. Every, once congrats, while but yeah. every once in a while, my ex-wife will want more money and child support and take me back. And it's like, God bless woman. Like how much money do you need? <laughs> you know, what a Southern thing to
0: say, bless her heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really is.
1: <laughs> so one last question, I think we're almost at an hour here. Oh, wow, um, quick. So going, Going back to, to Kat, how is having an understanding of red pill helped you with that relationship?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I guess the best way to put it, it didn't help the relationship. The relationship is up to her. If it succeeds or fails, and this is another red pill concept, is that relationships are a woman's job. It's based on Burfield's law. I won't get into the details, but it, it helps me fix me. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm fixed, she's more likely to be invested in the relationship. And when she's invested in the relationship, the relationship happens. Does that make sense the way I worded it? Because that's the one thing that I think a lot of guys get wrong. They think uh, the red pill is about keeping her around or the red pill is about fixing relationship. But that's not true. It's about fixing men. Mm -hmm. And then women, not necessarily the one you started with, but at least more of them will be invested in you and that's really all you're after when a girl's invested in you relationships are great when she's not invested on you they're absolutely horrible yeah and then the reason they get invested to you is you know the things that most guys you know distill it to like sexual market value or the alpha qualities and beta qualities or the logistics of having your life together or where a girl is on her phase of life like i'm sure you've heard rollo talk about the epiphany phase so Mm -hmm. like if you don't want to start a family dating a girl that's 28 is probably not going to work out well so so well for you if you just want to smash and have fun younger is probably better or older but yeah it just basically makes me more deliberate in how i am and how i interact with the world and it just so happens that that's the kind of stuff she's attracted to and so the relationship is better because she's more invested in it okay i think that's a i really got to come up with like a catchy like Cause it's alpha bro. Like, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs>
0: something that you can
1: uh, put on a,
0: uh, on a, yeah, put on a, a bumper sticker or something. Yeah. <laughs> put on a t-shirt. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Fuck. I should have worn the shirt today. Damn it. Oh yeah. You're uh you're don't eat red don't paint. Eat paint. Yeah. Don't eat paint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. Ryan. This covers you, but it's mine. <laughs> yeah. Where did, where, uh, where did that come from? The don't eat paint. Don't eat paint was because every time we would bring up strategies in the married red pill, is you talk about something like uh catch and release the idea of still going out to game women, just don't fuck them. And that way you can practice your game, keep it sharp, and you'll see if it's your wife finds you unattractive or if everybody finds you unattractive. And every time you'd give any piece of advice, there'd always be some guy complaining about the lowest common denominator. Well, hey, some retard might find this place. And if he follows this advice, he's gonna ruin his life. And I started equating that to like a don't eat paint warning. It's like if you don't know at this point not to eat lead paint, then I could give you the best advice in the world and you're still going to fuck it up. So I'm like, so as a joke, I always called uh, like the don't eat paint warning. Okay. (laughs) And I'm like, stop. I, and it's from the military. You know how we every time you were trained, it was always trained to the lowest common denominator. Mm -hmm. I fucking hate that stuff. So I'm like, no, I don't want to help guys who are too clueless to parse language and apply it to their life. So no, those guys can burn. (laughs) I want to help guys who actually have a clue, have an idea, Share notes with guys who are worth the damn and fuck the rest of them. And that's where the don't eat paint came from. The T-Rex is a little bit more, uh, juvenile, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that was a no fap November thing where everybody's talking about how they lay off their, uh, masturbation for November. And then Mish, our Saudi Arabian friend, are you just saying, yeah, if you were a T-Rex, your arms wouldn't reach, you would always pass. And so it was the idea of like master of your domain. <laughs> <laughs> the Steinfeld reference for you there but it's a good inside joke. It's pretty juvenile, but whatever. I like it. <laughs> a lot
1: of your jokes honestly are, are kind of juvenile, but I get a kick out of them. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. The, the book is fuck file spelled with two C's and you should definitely read it. All right, Ryan, where can people find you
0: online? Oh, that's easy. YouTube. i uh, look for Ryan stone, the channel. I got a second channel. Uh, it's a gaming channel, Digital Ryan. And that's just if you want to, you know, chill, relax. It's mostly the audience swapping notes while I, you know, give them a reason to congregate. As well as my blog, ryanstone.com. The merch we had just talked about is at store.ryanstone.com. So you can see a lot of my own writings, a lot of my own blog. It also have links to the book, which is at Amazon and Kobo. And I think that's it. Oh, yeah, and then it's Twitter, underscore Ryan, underscore Stone. You can't miss me. I'm the guy who's just, talking mad shit all the time like i don't know why you'd follow it but it's there if you want it
1: you <laughs> you, know? you, you you have uh you have an instagram account too but you're like almost
0: never on it right yeah it's dude you know it's like five social media things you can't do everything yeah and so for me just taking photos of me standing in front of lambos and yachts was like that's the thing i can go i can only take so many pictures of what i'm cooking what i'm eating and in front of my view in my condo it starts to get a little derivative after a while, you know yeah <laughs> makes sense. In the last two years, it's not like we can travel. So I can't take any, do the standard alpha male thing and take pictures from first class or any shit like that. So yeah. 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 Hopefully I'll pick all it up this, again later.
1: Yeah. When all this stuff goes away, this COVID bullshit.
0: <laughs> mm, here's hoping.
1: Yeah. Cross, <laughs> crossing my fingers. All right, Ryan, thanks for joining me, man. I'll let you get back to your day. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Anytime. Ryan, thanks again for joining me today. Uh, really great conversation. <laughs> so bothers me just a little bit, it hurts right here that you think that my Twitter videos are, are cringe. <laughs> I'm just claiming. I actually don't give a shit. Uh, your book is really great though. Um, I highly recommend it. I know you said uh, in, on, in the Twitter DMs that uh, it's no Bible but I think you're selling it pretty short. It's actually a very informative book and also very entertaining. So guys, go in the description, check it out uh, and and give it a read. I think you guys will really like it. Also, while you're in the description, check out some of our sponsors, you know, like uh, Duke Cannon, love Duke Cannon products. And um, if you're having a hard time on like Tinder or something like that, why don't you try another dating app? Zeusk is also in the description. You can try a free trial of Zoosk using my link in the description, and um, they'll know that I sent you. <laughs> I met a lot, of, a lot of chicks on Zeusk. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's all I have for this week, guys. Uh, we'll catch you next week on Monday.
0: This has been the Come On Man Podcast. New full episodes served hot every Monday morning on your favorite podcast platform of choice. So subscribe now. Follow Paul on social media. The links are in the description. Now, go out and get it.